All right, everybody, we are live on the Pirates podcast to be named later. I am Eddie Provident with me uh, back together again. I know I, you, I'm sure you guys all missed me, uh, but back with with Alex Stumpf uh, for another episode. We are in the dog days of summer, Alex. And, um, you know, I, I don't really know what to talk about with the big league club. I mean, they're just kind of trucking along. It's you know, there's been some good, there's been some bad uh, over the last few weeks. But I want to talk about you false know, games. You know, actually, before we get into that, I, I just got a live cues on this. Like, your last couple gamers, you haven't really written about the game. And I kind of said, well, okay, <laughs> all the coverage is here somewhere. It's 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 not like I'm, in, I'm neglecting it here. But it's also like, do we really care that much about the actual games? Like, am I the only person watching these games through the context of what's Piguero doing? What's Andy doing? What's Henry doing? That's what matters here. <laughs> What's and, and if you look What's, at it, yeah. In that context, you could find some, you could pull some positivity out of it. I think, uh, even though I think the season since the twenty and seven start has largely been a disappointment. Um, but one of the things I think we could be excited about uh, as people watching this baseball team, as people following this baseball team, uh, is Paul Skeens the first overall pick. Uh, he he made his professional debut since the last time you and I have talked. And granted, it was one inning. I think it was six. I don't have the uh, the numbers in front of me. I think it was 16 pitches. He had a strikeout. Uh, didn't let up any runs. I think one hit. Uh, but that, that was you know, his he, he did, debut. His major right. professional debut was before that. Yeah. And, and But, you know, he topped 100. Uh, you know, showed some signs, you know, things that, you know, I think people wanted to see from him. Uh, a little more in-depth look on Paul. Uh, what do you think of him? What, what was your, you know, what, what's your take on this? And maybe what can we expect moving forward the last couple months of the season um, as something goes terribly wrong behind you? Uh, yeah, <laughs> this is great. Uh, <laughs> for, for what I, I mean, was anyone surprised? With what happened, you guys threw one inning. I I have no hot take. I have no nothing from it. It was. This I was is hoping the guy to get a hot take from you, man. I was sorry. This up. is the guy the Pirates drafted first overall. I have no hot take here. The only thing that I'm interested in is how far does he go up in this system? Uh, Bradenton announced that he's going to make another start for them on the twentieth. Really thinking that his next turn through the rotation would be the twenty fifth of August. That could very well be in Altoona. Like it's there's a pretty decent chance that he's going to finish the year with the curve somewhere that makes sense. Double A is probably a good, not exactly an apples and orange, and I don't say this to scare anyone, but that's what the Rangers did with Jack Leiter, who was the last you know pitching mm-hmm. prospect that was you know even in this hemisphere you know hype wise. They sent him straight to Double A. I I kind of see that pretty much being the same deal with Skeens, where he goes up. He's not going to throw a ton of a ton of innings. Ben Charrington said on. Uh, his 93.7 The Fan Radio show that they don't expect him to throw 20 as a pro, which he had a full season with LSU. He had to shut down. You have to build him back up again. There's there's really not much here. There's not much hot take. It's just more it is going to be interesting to see if they do end up pushing him to Altoona. I do expect that to happen before the end of the year. And where do you go from here? with that like how close is he to being on the 2024 radar i mean we all know the odds of him or any top prospect breaking the team 
you know, opening day are low because there's just a abysmal track record with this organization with that. So is it, is he available in 2024, whatever it's June 15th? And wow, what a coincidence. The Super 2 deadline is probably passed. So we don't have to worry about that. Is it something that kind of like what we saw with Quinn Priester is like second half of the season comes up. Is it a September thing? Is it 2025? I don't think it's 2025. I think his major league debut will be in 2024. I'm interested in, how do these next couple outings, how does he look comfortable-wise? How does the stuff play against, you know, upper levels of the minors? How soon could he be in that 2024 rotation? Yeah, I I guess my thing with this, and maybe this is the optimistic side of me talking now, um, because I haven't learned my lesson being, you know, you know, dealing with the Pirates for as long as I have. Uh, is there a chance that the organization says, you know what, uh, this team can take a step forward in 2024. Let's take that, take advantage of that, change the narrative and bring him up for the opening day uh, or before the super, two, you know, before the super two deadline in June. Like, is there any chance that that happens or do you just see that not being a thing with this, with this organization? Eddie, maybe this is the wrong mindset to take, but I have a very, I'll believe it when I see it with this organization mm -hmm. that the first time that they genuinely, whenever they genuinely, we saw Henry Davis toil around in Altoona for a month longer than he needed to. And Davis has had, you know, ups and downs at the plate, you know, and everything. But sure. if it was such a clear, he's just going to go to right field and we don't care about catching, it's keeping him in Altoona for another month under the guise of, well, he, you know, we were focused on his catcher development for him not to catch at the major league. Like, like they could have used that bat in mid-May. And maybe this season turns out differently if the Pirates are really aggressive with the prospects. And whenever things start to go off the rails in May, and it's like, no, we we still got the year of control with these guys. We'll deal with the arbitration later. We got to win some ball games now. Maybe things turn out differently. So I, I view, I, <laughs> I would be nothing short of absolutely shocked if he's on the opening day team just going off of the track record. And I don't see any reason for optimism to think he's going to be up anytime before June. And we could go into, this is someone who's not going to throw 20 professional winnings this year. As talented a prospect as he is, you do need some, you know, minor league reps. So sure. this isn't necessarily an indictment of, oh, they'll never do this. And that's why it's like, well, okay. The kid also needs, you know, reps to make sure that he's major league ready. But I just, it's it's just not going to come up to the major leagues, I think, soon. I think he's going to be a midseason promotion next year. Yeah, I honestly, it, like, the, I guess, antsy side of me, the impatient side of me just wants to see him in the big leagues. And, I, you know, yeah. I, I want to see what he has. But I think the logical side of me uh, is you're 100% right about that coming up midseason, and I think that that's the smart move. If he throws 20 innings uh, this, you know, it, with Altoona and and does well in those 20 innings, you know, then we see him, you know, in AAA for a few months next year. Uh, then I think, okay, and he, and he does well there, then, then that kind of eases him to the big leagues. And I think that for his development, that's probably the better, the, the better track, you know, for him to take uh, would you agree disagree or no i think it is i mean like uh, i'm not here banging the table saying he should be on the opening day team 2024 uh yeah not yet 
Oh, yes, they are. Uh, <laughs> I had to put it up. I had to. Yeah. I had to. <laughs> now, I'm not here banging the table saying he should be on the opening day team like I thought about O'Neill Cruz going into 2022, about how I felt about Hayes before he uh, had COVID in, in 2020. Like, it's mm-hmm. – you do need minor league reps. I get that. It's just – it is what it is right now. You can't speed up time is really what it's going to come down no. to. No. And, and, you know, with as much as he pitched this past season, I know he didn't pitch a ton prior to this season, but he did pitch a lot this season at LSU. Yeah, yeah I, I think you want to be careful with that arm and, and you know, don't wear it down more than it needs to be. Um He's a young guy. He's got plenty of time. You know, the, the organization has plenty of time with him. I can't believe that I'm saying this to take the patient route with a, with a, with a player with the Pittsburgh Pirates, but it's been a wild time, man. I <laughs> uh, want to take a break, and then uh, I want to talk about somebody who is no longer with the organization, Alex, and some comments that were made. Welcome back to the Pirates Podcast. To be named later, I'm Eddie Provident. With me is Alex Dump, uh, beat writer for DK Pittsburgh Sports, covering the Pittsburgh Pirates. Alex, Austin Hedges. First, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when I say Austin Hedges? Uh, pitch framing. <laughs> pitch framing. Um, yeah, did, did bad I the at right the plate answer? is the first thing that comes to Oh, Bad at the plate the- uh, is the first thing to come. Uh, I'm that guy. Uh, Austin Hedges had some things to say about Pirates fans and the way he was treated by them uh, towards the end of his stint with the organization. Um, he made an appearance on the Chris Rose rotation. Um, and I have some of the quotes uh, in front of me uh, as being booed by Pirates fans um, he said, yeah, that sucked. <laughs> that sucked, dude. Uh, it was wild. Um, you know, he questioned whether or not it was his fault. And, you know, personally, I don't know that it was completely aimed at him, but the numbers he was putting up, it wasn't like he did anything to stop fans from booing him. Um, you were at most of the games. You were able to see, you know, feel the atmosphere, get a better, uh, you know, get a better feel for it. Where are you at with this whole situation? I mean, let's let's start off with the basic here. When did do you remember? Whenever Austin Hedges started to get booed, do you remember when? No, I don't. I do. It's whenever I they don't. Call, it's whenever they called up Henry Davis and they put him in right field. Okay. That is a big – that was most of the reason why he was – like, I, I – look, yeah. I'm not going to – sure, the bat is horrible. I believe – I should fact check this. He's got, like, the second or third worst batting average in the history of baseball. Like, it is – he is not a hitter. He cannot hit. <laughs> he he cannot hit. I cannot stress this enough. I don't have any other way to say it besides he cannot hit. With that said, Austin Hedges does a lot of things right. 
He is a great guy for the clubhouse. He is a great guy to have in that in those series planning meetings, to have, you know, calls a game, the pitch framing, the defense, all the stuff you do see, you may not see on the field. He is great with that. I have described him as the best backup catcher in baseball and the worst starting catcher in baseball. And and it's it's that line between 30 and 31 could not be any larger. You know, that type of thing. But, and I, I mean that genuinely. Like, I, Austin yeah. he should be a big league player. Whenever he retires, if he wants to get into coaching, he should have an opportunity to coach. He, he has the right mindset. The booze, more than anything. Yeah, part of it was directed towards Austin Hedges, but let's not pretend that they were booing Ben Charrington. They were booing Bob Nunning. They were booing Travis Williams. They were booing Derek Shelton of why the hell are we watching this guy whenever Henry Davis is in right field, whenever Andy Rodriguez is in, Indi- in Indianapolis. That is a big reason why he started to get booed. It was frustration of what is going on here. This guy was drafted as a catcher and he could actually hit. And no, Austin Hedges does not go, he's not going to bring with the glove what Hedges does. Or Davis won't bring with the glove what, you know, Hedges does. There is no yeah. way around that right now. So but he does bring a batting average. He does bring slugging. He does bring offensive upside, something that Hedges simply does not. So you can see that frustration. It's like, I don't really care about, you know, pitch framing right now. I don't really see that. Give me someone who's going to hit a couple home runs behind the plate. Frustration there. Frustration of Eddie Rodriguez is the team's number one prospect, and he's in Indianapolis, and this guy's still catching. And this – that's what it really came down to more than anything with the billing is it was frustration with the organization for how they were going about this series and season. And, and how I said back, you know, in May, maybe the season turns out differently. If the pirates are very aggressive with who they call up in May, whenever things start to turn sideways and you know, they need a boost and they don't, that's part of it. That's part of it. Like fans know that too. They know that this season could have been potentially different if Henry Davis was called up in, on May 1st instead of the middle of June. If, if Eddie Rodriguez wasn't, if Derek Shelton didn't say at the winter meetings that Eddie Rodriguez, there was just no chance he was going to start the year in the minors. There was just no chance for him to make the opening day team. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff. Like, and here's the guy. And by the way, he's got one of the worst batting averages that you're ever going to see on that giant screen in left field at PNC Park. That's the real reason why he was booed. And is that fair to Austin? In a lot of ways, no. In a lot of ways, no. With that said, if he was producing offensively, they wouldn't have booed. If he would have been just even an okay hitter, there might have been some grumbling frustration, but they wouldn't have booed. I am convinced of that. I think there's levels of baseball fans, right? And I think it's like this with anything. Like you've got someone, um, I mean, obviously you're a professional. I don't want to call you a, a fan so much, but you are a student of the game. You are somebody who knows the history of baseball. You can dig into the st- statistical side. You can really get into an- the analytical side uh, for anybody that, that, uh, reads mound visit, they know your level of baseball IQ, right? And so you're going to understand what Austin Hedges brings to a baseball team, uh, mm-hmm. maybe that isn't seen up front. Whereas you've got maybe somebody uh, like my dad who just roots for the Pittsburgh Pirates and 
doesn't really follow anything else. And this is not a knock on my dad. This is just, you know, he works a 40 hour a week job, sometimes more than that. And he has other things to attend to. And, you know, he sees the box score, he sees the batting average, he sees, you know, the losses, and it just thinks this guy stinks. And then you've probably got someone like me in the middle where, you know, I do like to dabble in the analytical side. I like to get into statistics sometimes. And I, I'm learning what a guy like Austin Hedges brings. But at the end of the day, I would say the majority of the people are either like myself or my dad, where, you know, you're not going to get the big picture with Austin Hedges. And so I think everything that you said about knowing that Henry Davis is in right field, knowing that Andy Rodriguez is still down in the minors and seeing a guy like Austin Hedges just absolutely struggle at the plate. Um, again, like you said, whether it's fair or not, that's what the majority of people are going to see. And I think they're going to let this ownership group, they're going to let this organization know, hey, we're not happy. We This team started off as a 20-7 and seven baseball team. This team was in first place at one point in the NL. And now this team is struggling to, you know, break, they're not going to break 500. They're struggling to, you know, put anything together that's positive. Why do we have this guy batting, you know, below 200 in, in the lineup? Why do we have this guy that is historically bad at the plate in the lineup? And, you know, at some point in time, you know, I feel for him a little bit, but you're a professional athlete. You're making multi-million dollars a year. Um, this is what you signed up for. This, If you don't play well, fans will let you know that you're not playing well. And so for him to go get out and complain about being booed, when he should know everything that we just said, he should know that it wasn't completely aimed at him. He, I, I, like he can't be, you know, unaware of that. It, to me, it's just like, you know what, man, you're, you're crying over something that you don't need to cry about. You're complaining over something you, you, that you don't need to complain about. Like you have your, you have your spot in a major league lineup and Pittsburgh wasn't that place for you to have that spot. Don't be, you know, don't turn it into sour grapes. That's where I'm at with it. Yeah. I do wonder if the booing, if that facilitated at all, the, the trade at the deadline, because he was part brought on in part. He was open with it. He knew part of the plan was, hey, Andy and Henry are going to come up at some point and I'm going to mentor them. And then that really only happened for a couple of weeks with Andy and Henry didn't really catch. I mean, they still talk, they still learn the position, but Henry Davis wasn't really a catcher. You know, so I, I wonder if the booing facilitated things right there. Because I know the Austin Hedges, like, see him in the clubhouse talking like in those first couple months. And then I know him those last, you know, six weeks or so, whenever the boost started happening. And it wasn't 100% the same guy. And I'm just going to throw this out here. One more thing with Austin Hedges. Kind of hit, hit my point here on the head. Uh, there have been 58 catchers in baseball this year that have at least 100 plate appearances, which basically accounts for every team's starter and backup, more or less. Mm-hmm. And Hedges, going by fan graphs, which heavily values framing and defense more than any other way that, you know, takes war into consideration, he was 30th out of those 58. So, again, like I said, worst starting catcher, best backup catcher. Like, 
numerically it it, it, it evens out right there. So it, that's where things are at right now with him. So I, he knows his value. This shouldn't be the end of the road for him. I, I hope he gets another chance in major league, but it just wasn't going to work out in Pittsburgh. And I, and honestly, I mean this in the most empathetic to the players way, but you have to see it from both sides. And I don't blame fans, you know, for booing for the reasons that we stated, just with like the frustration I, of this season could have been so much more. And it's June 1st and I'm watching, you know, Austin Hedges catch a pitch from uh, who, who's a good rando reliever we, we've seen come through this year. We'll say Cody Bolton. <laughs> I think Bill Hoffman puts a nice little bow on this conversation. He says, Hedges is a luxury if a team has a great hitting lineup and a solid rotation. He isn't a player for a team where the Buccos are, never was. I, I think that's the perfect way to sum up this whole conversation about Austin Hedges. He is somebody that if you have a deep lineup, he's a great, like you said, he's the best backup catcher in baseball. Um, but he can't be your everyday guy. He can't be your half of the time guy. If you're a team like the Pirates that are struggling to score runs and struggling to win games. I think that's a Bill, Bill summed it up perfectly right there. Um, we'll take one more quick break and then I'm going to put Alex on the spot in the third segment. So you're on the road again. Uh, another hotel, another city, another night. It's that time of summer. Where is, you've got all 30 MLB cities, okay? 29, we'll, we'll eliminate Pittsburgh. Um, where is your favorite place to eat when you're on the road in all of Major League Baseball? Like what? Uh, it, what? Like I, there's a there's a city that my oh I'm going to this place and I can't wait to go to this restaurant. I'm gonna cheat. A and little if you bit say here. if you say Skyline Chili, I'm ending the show right now and I'm never doing another one with you. If I say Skyline Chili, it means that I'm at gunpoint and I'm trying to tip you off. Everything is fine. You call the police. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> no, my my go to place. It's. It's only partly for the food. I like the food, but I'm there more. Andy's Jazz Club in Chicago is is my okay. spot. Like every this part of the Chicago this year, the schedule made screwed us or screwed me, I guess I should say, because it's all night games in Chicago. Like that's the routine. You know, one day there's a day game. You cover the game. You write your story. Then you go there. You have a couple beers and a steak, and you listen to some good jazz music. That's what I do in Chicago. <laughs> And I can't do that, you know, for a game this year. So, but yeah, that, that that's definitely my place. I, I stayed in, uh, I purposely took the latest flight out of Chicago <laughs> the last time out so I could, you know, catch a show at Andy's last time. So that's my answer. Nice. I would ask you about Milwaukee, but I know that you're not the guy uh, in this company yeah. to talk to about Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been a minute uh, since I've been there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll have to keep that in mind when I, whenever I make it to, I've never even been to Chicago, but I, I do plan on getting to Wrigley field within the next couple of years here. So I'll, I'll keep that. I'll keep that in mind. Uh, anything else you've got going on? Um, do we have any, we got a couple comments here. 
I, I opened. The yeah, floor okay. well, we have one question. Yeah, we have. There is one question that came in. Um, we can hit, actually two. We can hit them real quick. Uh, the first one goes back to Steens, and uh, it was from actually both questions were Zim, Zimbo. Um, what level do you believe is most similar to the players that Steens was pitching against in college? I was thinking somewhere between A, uh, A plus, double A. For the SEC, I would lead double A for that, but I, I pretty much agree. Yeah. Yeah, and then the only other question we got, again, from Zimno, uh, if you could pick a place for the Pirates to play an international game Ooh. and you were covering it, where would you go? That's a great question. Ah, uh, man, I think you know, Pirates really need to get into that, you know, Germany, Austria market, I think. <laughs> uh, uh, that or, I, I mean. I'm just saying the, the Italian baseball like market. If, there, there'd be a zero percent if, if they played a game in like Japan or Korea. Like, there's going to be a Korean series, you know, to start next year. There's been a couple in Japan. Like, I, I don't know what it's going to end up being, but like, yeah, you know, that's the actual answer. <laughs> that would just be awesome. Yeah, I mean, get to experience baseball out there in the oh, culture in the country. I, yeah, come on, bat flip culture over there. I, I, yeah, you're you're a hundred percent right about that. Um, Anything else you got? Anything else you got going on? You want to shout out or before we get out of here today? No, still going. We've been writing a lot of analysis and features for the site lately. Got to keep that going. Uh, like I said, dog days of August. Let's focus on the players who are going to actually be part of the 2024 team and beyond. Focus on the positive, even if there's only a handful of them. Well, not always uh, positive. I like, like, like <laughs> I, I, I wrote my Quinn Priester story on Monday was very much not positive, but it's one of those like important pieces of analysis of like why is this not going well? So that's focus, not positive. Focus on the players who matter. Ryan Lytle, before we go, he says he's going to try to make it to Pittsburgh next weekend for the Cub series. Ryan Lytle, if you make it to Pittsburgh. You, you, just because of your name, you have to come out to the Lytle Cafe in Hazelwood. My family bar, Lytle Cafe, Ryan Lytle will show you a good time. Uh, I don't want to bring that up in front of Alex, though, because uh, Alex has lost a lot of money. (laughs) We don't talk about that. Yeah. All right. It's been fun tonight, man. That's the end of this episode. (laughs) Uh, It's been fun. We will see you next week on another episode of Pirates Podcast to be named later. For Alex and Eddie Provident for DK Pittsburgh Sports, we'll see you next week.